You're listening to Cherishing Scripture Podcast, a podcast that's changing society by cherishing Scripture. Why do you need to carry an amulet around in your pocket that says WWJD to remind you what Jesus would do? Isn't that the Holy Spirit's job? But it seems like a lot of men are trying to manufacture this difference as opposed to letting it naturally happen. Exactly. And the exactly Bible, right. the Bible naturally changes people and makes them different. In debates, when you get in a debate with someone, you know that you've won the debate when they turn personal. Yeah. They're attacking these preachers that are standing for their liberty. And right. when they can't find anything biblically wrong with this person, they start picking out other things. Yep. And if you don't think that those two things can overpower and overtake you, you're pretending. Right. And now here's your hosts, Pastor Brad Bailey, Adam Capps, Zach Taylor, and Jeremy Boggs. Welcome back to another episode of Cherishing Scripture Podcast, a podcast where we're changing society by cherishing Scripture. Still got to throw that little banner in there, you know. There we go, Pastor. I still remember it. (laughs) Uh, Or if you're Jeremy, it's Cherishing Scriptures. And then if we combine Adam, which is broadcast, we'll be Cherishing Scriptures broadcast. Broadcast. There we go, the podcast broadcast. So we are here today. Now, it is not to my left or to my right because I stand all alone. But in front of me, we have Pastor Brad Bailey, or Bradford Bailey, or Bradley Bailey, whatever Adam feels like None calling him that it's day. Just Brad. Um, <laughs> then we have Adam Caps. Then we have Edward Chapo. Then we have uh, Jeremy Boggs. I always called Edward El Chapo. Man, I loved I loved Bible College with Edward. It was so much fun. We were just talking about how in services sometimes I would just turn around and look at Edward like. Hi, Edward. You want to say something? Yeah, you would. (laughs) Edward's an interesting guy. He's funny. Uh, Watching Edward get worked up is even funnier. (laughs) It's it's a real fun thing to watch. So we've been talking out of the book, uh, Pastor Brad's book, Bradford Bailey, or J. Brad Bailey. Um, (laughs) The book is called Toxic Traditions, Eight Church Philosophies in Conflict with the Word of God. And we have been talking about toxic traditions, Uh, specifically inordinate pastoral authority. Uh, And we have been going down these points. Uh, I encourage you, if you don't have the book, get it. It's a nice read. Um, If you want more information on how to get it, remember our church email is info at brandonbaptistabernacle.com. But uh, the point we are on today says this, when a pastor insists that you cannot leave the church right and go to another church, no matter what, uh, what you do, he has crossed the line into inordinate pastoral authority. Very interesting. Um, so, this I, is going to be. A tough I thought it was going to be a wise thing for me to, uh, you know, facilitate this and not comment <laughs> too much. So, let's go ahead, Pastor. Uh, this this uh, text here, this point that you have. Uh, why don't you go ahead? I think it's kind of self-explanatory, but just. Uh, give us your thoughts on it, um, what you meant by it, and yeah. how you've seen it play out. Yeah, you know, the um, the problem with a lot of churches, a lot of pastors, is they, they're over-exercising their authority over the sheep, and they, they are pretending that they own the sheep, uh, that they have exclusive rights to the sheep. And when a sheep matures and grows and maybe discerns that, they would be better in another pasture or better in another church setting or something of that nature. None of us pastors like that. We don't want to hear that. Um, but um, a lot of times what happens instead of just, you know, just taking it on the chin 
is a, a lot of times they will say, well, you're out of God's will. There's no way you'll ever be back in God's will unless you're here, unless you're under my ministry, under my administration. And, uh, and a lot of times they will make it exceptionally hard um, on people who leave to go elsewhere. There are hard things that happen in people's lives. Uh, down through the years of pastoring, you know, I've, I've unfortunately had the uh, experience of pastoring people who went through a hard divorce, a really, really difficult time, a really, really difficult divorce. And in those types of circumstances, you're going to lose somebody. You're going to lose the husband. You're going to lose the wife. And sadly, in my experience, most of the time you lose both of them. And uh, sometimes, you know, it's this, here's this, this wife who says, I cannot sit in the same church with my ex-husband. I need to go somewhere else. And those are circumstances that we have to accommodate. Those are circumstances we have to, in some way or another, you know, give wise counsel on those. But at the same time, you can't just keep a death grip on God's people and tell them they're not permitted to go elsewhere, um, especially if they're moving you know, if they're moving out of town or something of that nature, that that's a, a discussion in and of itself. But uh, what I am mostly concerned about when I when I wrote that, I think back in 2013 or whenever it was, what I'm mostly concerned about, you know, I really felt like it's, it's needful for us to point out this book has been around a long time. This is not anything uh, new or recent um, because some people are going to take these things personally, and I don't want that to happen. But what I'm concerned about is when a man or a family leaves a, a church across town and comes to another church or goes to another church, and that former pastor just makes it impossible for him to leave right or for that family to leave right. And uh, that really creates you know, just a lot of unnecessary heat and conflict and problems for that family. Um, sometimes it's taking the Lord's name in vain, I think, when, when a pastor says you can't be in God's will and they invoke the name of God to try to force a person to stay uh, somewhere. Um, so I, I've seen all kinds of different circumstances, you know, and, and most of them just not really good. See, because I do see, I think there are situations where someone can leave and not be right with the church, you know, church discipline or something of that case. But oftentimes it's it's not done in the right way i guess you could say it's the person's not on church discipline they haven't been an issue in the church but yet then they still become a uh, evil person right so yeah. that that's i'm glad you mentioned that pastor um and I, I think like you said there are things people just naturally over time sometimes grow apart yeah you know and, and those things are bound to happen uh i I think part of it too is, you know, I've told people that sometimes there's two ways to smash a pot. The first one's just to take a hammer and obliterate the pot, crack the pot, all the water falls out. The next way to crack a pot is to just gently tap it and make small crack after small crack after small crack. And eventually all the small cracks come together and just the bottom mm -hmm. falls out of the pot. And I think sometimes people just grow apart from churches because it's a small crack after small crack after small crack. And eventually, uh, after so many cracks and little issues, then they just, you know, right. leave or go separate ways. So yeah. it's interesting. 
Yeah, I, and, I and I would just add as a footnote also, I mean, there is a right way to leave a church and a wrong way to leave a church, right. you know. And uh, what I'm talking about in the book is is pastors who just make that excruciating for people. Right. But there is a wrong way to do this. You know, there's, there are people who have been, uh, um, you know, confronted about some sin in their life. Maybe the Spirit of God has dealt with them in some special way in that church, and they're un- under a certain amount of discomfort, and they want to leave because of that. That's wrong. That's right. not... It's not the time or the way to leave the church. Um, if I was leaving a church, if I felt like uh, you know a door had opened elsewhere, or um, or I need to go and find uh, somewhere where I'm being fed or something of that nature, I would delicately go to my pastor and I would say, Pastor, look, this has absolutely um, nothing to do with conflict. I'm not angry. I'm not upset. I just want you to know that. Um, we're going to be looking for a church somewhere else. We're going to be going to a church somewhere else and make that move as delicately as possible. Um, if my church was sinful, if my pastor was living in sin or something where I had to take a stand, sometimes you got to be a little more firm than that. But you don't want to leave wrong. That's not what I'm suggesting. Uh, there are occasions where people leave wrong, uh, but what we're referring to here is, is situations where you just absolutely cannot leave this church because he is the only spiritual leader in the county. There right. are no other churches right with God. There are no other churches that are biblically uh, that uh, are given fidelity to the Scripture, and uh, that's that's pretty. So, egotistic. Brother Bailey, when where where do you draw that line of what when a church has the jurisdiction over somebody in their membership? What does that look like? Well, biblically speaking, membership belongs to the church. Um, people talk about moving their letter. Uh, that letter does not belong to the individual. It belongs to the church. That's why there's a letter of recommendation that is granted. And if someone leaves our church, you know, for example, if Adam were to leave our church and go elsewhere, let's say he moved out of state or this or that, and he and his family sent for a letter, uh, I would send a letter. I mean, it would be a it would be on church letterhead. There's there's a lot of of these little Southern Baptist uh, uh, transfer of membership slips of paper. I don't I don't ever do those. Uh, I would send a letter, and I would say, "Here's what I know about Adam Caps. This is what careful I appreciate now. about Adam mm-hmm. Caps." You know, and I would say, you know, "Be careful with him." But his <laughs> wife's a great person, and all kinds of different things, you know. But uh, I'm kidding about that. But uh, um, there would be uh, just a um, a letter that would be granted. So that authority of transfer of membership does belong to the church, and this is uh, this can be backed up in Scripture. You remember the Apostle Paul. Uh, on several occasions when he was sending someone, for example, to the church at Rome, he would say, I recommend this person or, or receive this person, and, uh, and, uh, and he would off- offer the certain appreciations for that person, you know, some little small note uh, that they should be received with honor and received and, and permitted to serve in their church. And so the granting of a letter is the responsibility of the church. Um, but... Uh, when it comes to the priesthood of the believer, it is the responsibility of the dad of that home, the husband of that home, to make these kinds of spiritual decisions about where they're going to go to church with the input of his wife. I really believe that that's important. Um, and if that goes against the, uh, if that goes against the will of some authoritarian in the church or some pastor in the church, that that's going to create a problem. You know, you're gonna have a hard time leaving with his blessing. So there's a lot of moving variables in there are, yeah, and there's a lot of church hoppers. 
there's a lot of church hoppers, you know, so you have to be careful with that too. Well, here's my, I guess I got a question for Pastor Bailey, maybe also as well. Uh, I've never um, experienced this personally, so I don't really know, but this, this is where my question would come from is, is this more of a defensive tactic as mm. far as them wanting to, because maybe this member who's trying to leave knows something uh, or caught this pastor in the middle of something or, Oh, I'm sure that happens. Yeah, uh, that that and, that does happen for sure. Um, you know, I know for me, when people have come to me and said, "Pastor, we're leaving the church," uh, it hurts and um, it uh, it stings sometimes. And there's sometimes I am very confident that it's not God's will for them to leave. Um, and sometimes I may protest a little bit and say, "Are you sure?" Because I'm not. I'm not confident that this is right for you. I'm not confident that you're making the right move here for you or your family. And, But at some point, you have to just shut your mouth hmm. and just say, okay, if that's what you're doing, fine. It kind of goes back uh, to what I said a couple podcasts ago. You know, pastor is a pastor is we, and I want to make sure this is clear, pastor is allowed to express his opinion. He can say, hey, I think you're doing the wrong thing. Right. You know, and I don't think that that's what we're talking about here, but rather we're talking about a pastor once the person's decision is made, still not being willing uh, to uh, be okay. I guess not be okay with it, but allow it to happen peacefully. Um, and I had a question for you, Adam. Why do you think that this happens? Why, why do you think sometimes pastors tend to get so upset or... Uh, to this point where they won't even allow someone to leave in their mind with them being right with God? I want to answer your question, but I'm going to do this the politician way and answer the question that I want to, wanted to ask <coughs> as opposed to the question that you actually asked. So as opposed to answering the question, why are the pastors preventing people from leaving their ministry? Um, the, the question I want to answer is rather, why are people moving around so much? Because historically speaking, <clears throat> that was not super common back then. So the examples no, that Pastor gave in Scripture was people literally moving from to a different city, often in a different country altogether. We live, especially in the United States where we live, people can move from state to state and often do. If I listed to you all the states that I lived in, you guys would be very shocked. And then if Sharon listed to you all the states that she's lived in, it's twice as many as the ones I've lived in. It's insane. People move around a lot here in the United States of America, and people move churches. And and for me, in certain states, we would go from church to church to church trying to find one where it would fit. Historically speaking, though, biblically speaking, the people took it, the responsibility of making sure that a pastor didn't have inordinate authority onto themselves. And I believe that's what Paul is trying to express to the churches in which he addresses this with. It is the church's responsibility to make sure that their pastor is not this inordinate authoritarian. Right. And that is something that's lost. Mm -hmm. I believe it's really the church, the church is that it's at fault here, allowing men that are terrible, terrible leaders, terrible pastors to be in charge of them and not standing up. The men need to stand up and say, no, we're not going to tolerate this. This is not biblical and, and stop them from doing that. And then people won't feel the need to go to a different church. And then that pastor won't feel the need to prevent that person from leaving. Or, or that one um, comment that we got on the YouTube of this guy saying that uh, his, he was going to force this man to make his wife come back or something ridiculous like that. Well, 
it should be the people in that church standing up to that pastor and saying, no, these things are not under your authority. And and that's something that I think is really lacking. I know that wasn't your question, but, right. you know. The other night in, um, in Bible college, we were talking about in Ephesians um, how I think we, it was in Revelation where Ephesians, uh, where they're talking about the, um, the church at Ephesus, how they were able to identify those non-apostles. Right. And, hmm. and that, and that's Paul's, Paul, they knew that Paul was an, an apostle. And so they can look at these other men and say, no, you guys are not apostles. Get out of here. Right. I think that's the same thing, kind of what you're trying to say, Adam. It should be us looking at these men saying, "That's not something uh, that happens, man." Yeah, something's no, not right. Doesn't here. happen. I can't think of a single church where something like that would actually happen. You you no. mentioned some guy, some person you were in a church with that that stood up and rebuked a man who was in the pulpit teaching something that was obviously incorrect. Yeah, <clears throat> somebody was it in Virginia or something like that. Yeah, I think it was in West Virginia, and, and uh, I, I don't I don't know if I know the, this pastor that did this is from West Virginia, but I don't know exactly where this happened. Uh, it seemed like it might have been Maryland, but um, uh, yeah, this man was a NASA scientist, and he had this you know this incredible uh, educational background and incredible uh, you know degrees, and very impressive man. And he stood up to teach in this morning session in this in this pastor's fellowship. Each morning is like a week long, and he's teaching each morning. And he he began to teach the the theory of uh, evolutionary creation, and uh, and the theory that the, the day the day age theory, and started teaching you know that God used evolution to uh, you know, and so the Earth is actually billions and billions of years right. old, which flies in the face of everyone who believes the first three chapters of Genesis to be literal. Right, and so. Uh, this pastor sat there and listened to it, you know, until he couldn't take it anymore, and he stood up and withstood him. And um, um, and when he did that, uh, he he was very hesitant to do it. He was very uh, he was very it was a very difficult occasion for him to do that. But once he did that, the moderator of the meeting actually went up to the guest preacher, this NASA scientist, and put his hand on his shoulder and said, "Brother, you're done," and had him go and sit down. And then the moderator of the meeting stood behind the pulpit and he said. I should have done this two days ago before I let this man continue to spew this poison out hmm. in this conference. And so um, Paul withstood Peter to the face. You know, I would also just add this very quickly. I don't want to monopolize the time here, but I would just also add this, that if a pastor is wrong, you have membership in that church as leverage, meaning that if a pastor is wrong, you have the option of trying to admonish him. Uh, and I use that word carefully. I, I, I would not suggest that you go with a preachy, confrontational spirit to that pastor. But if you can go in a spirit of admonition and say, look, we love our church and we love you and we're concerned about some things, that has happened to me down through the years and I have always appreciated that oh, when someone has that spirit. There's a reason why we have a biblical model for that, right? For approaching right. somebody, because because if you are doing it with a preachy ap- attitude, yeah, it's going to be really difficult to do that with your it will be with your witness, right? Exactly right. You have to go exactly. with a witness, and then they're going to be setting themselves against you most likely. Correct. If you've got that attitude. Correct. Yeah, I think. Um, but the other membership leverage, just really fast, the other membership leverage is 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 you have the right to leave that church, and you tell that pastor if you continue down this road. I will not keep my family here as members of this church. That's part of the leverage that you have 
in church membership. Zach, I'll gladly pick up your question. All right. So (laughs) thank you. I'll gladly pick it up. Um, I think the happy medium here is between a Costco membership and a communist nation. Right. So like somewhere there. Right. You can't just be like, oh, you know, here's a free sample. Come join our club. And then you leave when you want to. At the same time, you can't be like North Korea. And if your person's in there, they're stuck there and that you're going to put them in a concentration camp. Wire around. Yeah. You can't do that. Second of all, I think why pastors get mad is because you're threatening their empire, right? And when someone leaves, suddenly that illusion of control is fractured, right? It's suddenly it's shown among everybody, oh, this person's leaving the church. And now it looks like this guy who had this illusion of control, now it looks like his control is slipping. And to someone who's like an authoritative figure, that is something that's unacceptable. Never thought. And they're going to stop it. They're going to try to stop it. And they're going to try to smother it, and they will bury you if they can. That's why they demonize people that leave. That leave, exactly. Yep. Because and that, they, they'll even stand up and say, don't talk to them. Because people will start asking wow. questions, right? People will be like, oh, you know, why did that person leave? And then the last thing someone who's authoritative pastor wants is questions, right? They're afraid of questions. They don't want people questioning things. You just messed up that illusion. Now they're going to start questioning things, and this is bad for business, right? Yeah. So. Yo, you need to chill with the red pills, man. <laughs> Some woke sauce. That's exactly right. Though, I mean, yeah. And what you're saying, I know it's right because I got to tell you, I've I've felt the temptation of that before. When people have left our church, there's been times when I thought, well, you know, uh, people are going to look at them leaving and think that I've done something wrong, mm-hmm. or that there's something wrong with me, mm-hmm. or something wrong with this ministry. So that temptation is very real. But the thing about it is, is that's a fleshly temptation that you have to fight back as a pastor. You cannot protest. And, and become a big baby every time somebody leaves. I mean, look, all of us have had people who have left us, all of us pastors. I mean, you guys haven't been through this yet, but that's one thing that a, that a listener should understand. Every pastor has lost members, and it's just part of the experience. You can't stop that from happening. Don't be a big baby and make it hard on mm-hmm. them. When they leave, we had this family move from North Carolina, and their pastor got so upset that they left that he wouldn't grant them a letter. You know, and that's something that needs to be discussed as well as this whole letter process, you know. Um, Don't be a sore loser. You're supposed to be able to join a church by letter. And, uh, you know, I had this man that uh, talked to me one time. He said, I will not grant a letter. I will not grant a letter to these people. And, um, you know, he was so angry and so upset. He said, if I send a a letter, I'm going to shred it and put it in the mail and send it to him and, and just, just very, you know, uh, belligerent and, uh, you know, inordinate. It yeah, just, and yeah, it's very inordinate, out I, of control. And I think, you know, unfortunately this, I think that there's a side of this too for the church member. You know, I, I think oftentimes church members, members don't leave the right way. Uh, they have the mentality of, oh, I have influence in this church. Yeah, almost an antagonist, almost. We learned about that in college. And they have the idea of, I'm going to go around and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure everyone knows that I'm disgruntled right. and I'm leaving and why I'm leaving. I believe that there's a right way for a pastor to handle it. I also believe there's a right way for a church member to handle it. Uh, and we mentioned that a little bit. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, I, to be clear, I never plan on leaving i've told the baileys that plenty of times you know but uh i've been asked the question before you know you know hey what would happen if you were to ever leave and i tell people i'm like you would probably never know 
Yeah. It, it would be something I would come to an agreement with the Baileys on privately, and then that would be it. It right. would not be my business to go, even if it was a disagreement. It wouldn't be my business as a church member to go around and just spread problems. Right. Yeah, because yeah. now you're talking about dissensions, divisions. Exactly. And that is something that God takes very seriously, and that was expressed by Paul many times. You are not to be doing anything of that sort. Right. You are not to be divisive in the church. And also, you know, when we talk about leaving right, you know, going back to that subject again, um, you know, in, in some cases silence is golden, but in most of these cases silence is just yellow. It's just cowardly just to disappear and never say anything to anyone about why you've left. But And when I say, say anything to anyone, I'm talking about, about that pastor. You know, you should go to that pastor and say, look, brother, I love you, but your preaching style is just not for me and my family. <laughs> and as much as we love you, we're moving on. You, you need to give, you know, it's kind of like uh, if you've ever watched these, uh, um, you know, if you've ever watched these kitchen nightmare shows and these kitchen shows, you know, the Gordon Ramsay and stuff, when that food goes back, when that food gets sent back, that chef needs to know why it got sent back. Right. Yeah. Right. Otherwise he's just going to keep making the same mistakes over and over and over and over. And down through the years, I've had people leave that came to me and gracefully said, here's why I'm leaving. Mm. And I looked at them, and, and I had to say, you know what? If I were in your situation, I might would leave too. And uh, and I've had to learn from those things. But um, if a pastor is such an egomaniac that he cannot be admonished, he's going to be the one that's going to say, if you leave, you're out of God's will. Don't ever expect to be back in God's will until you come back here. And uh, that that's that's the most egotistical way to, to approach it. Yeah. Who, who's to say that you're in God's will, not in God's will, other than the Spirit? Yeah. Right. That's true. I mean, un- unless there is another reason. I mean, yeah. you, you know, you said I mean, you you said you had to uh, you've had to tell church members before that uh, you don't think it's God's will for them to leave. Right. But there's a big difference between a pastor saying. I don't think it's God's will, and it's not God's will. There's a, and it, it seems subtle, but it's not subtle. But it's if very le- important. If they're leaving and going to a bad church, mm-hmm. well, yeah, that that's be. when I'm having that discussion. Yeah. If they're leaving and going to a church that, for example, denies the virgin birth or the blood of Christ or is, is messed up on the Bible version issue or something, like that, that's, where, that's where I'm going to have to have a conversation with them and say, look, you can't persuade me that it's God's will for you to leave this church and go to that church. So there are conversations that need to be had in that context. But, I mean, we just had a family left a month ago, you know, and went right across town here to another church that we love and that we have no quarrels with or anything of that nature, and I haven't said another word. You know, it's just one of those things that it happens to all of us. People leave. Maybe that guy had a better preaching style. It probably did. Probably <laughs> did. But to be to be fair to the people who leave with without saying anything, if you're trying to leave a dictatorship, right? If you're leaving a communist nation, you leave at night and you don't go tell the dictator, Hey, I'm leaving, I'm gonna try escaping yeah. because they're gonna have your head. And yeah, I think I can that's how people feel that. like that. I mean I, I to I totally know. get that and I totally understand it. And there are circumstances that are similar to that that I could understand, but at the same time, I think that man needs to have his ego wounded enough to know that you can't just keep you you can't yeah. just keep you know strong-handed leadership over you know lordship over our lives 
Do you know, you know well and I've had I've had friends before, and I've told them, uh, I've told people like the issue with this person is because no one ever tells them that right. what they're doing is Somebody wrong. Somebody needs to. Tell and them I think them. the issue with the <laughs> pastor nobody sometimes is no one goes up to him and says, "Hey, this is wrong." And you know, I don't care how big your ego is, if you hear over and over again, "Hey." I'm leaving because of X and then someone comes up, Hey, I'm leaving because of X and the same message keeps exactly. coming across. Exactly. Eventually he's going to have to stop, take a step back and look at himself and be he's like, do some okay, are what they saying true yeah. or am I, or are they just all, you know, getting you together? So much more hopeful about certain pastors than I am. I, I don't think that there's any amount of those kind of people that could change some of these guys, you know, intellectually honest people sure oh yeah they'll they'll see that and they'll think about it right but there are a host of these inordinate authoritarian pastors that it doesn't matter how many people say that they're not going to hear it and no, they're going to demonize true. every single one of them and, and that, that leaves and that goes and to edward's down. point that goes to ed that's that's why i i see cases where that has to happen because yeah. then they'll treat those people worse and they'll just get angrier and angrier and angrier yeah. So pro part of the problems with leaving is you're leaving. You may be leaving a situation where the pastor is a problem, but there are still people in the church that you love. And yeah, it's a that, tough one. It is a tough one because then you have a pastor. If the pastor is a problem, and he feels threatened by your ongoing contact with people in the church that's going to create a lot of animosity and that's where he's going to be more prone if he's insecure he's going to be more prone to take more of a public stand against you and he's going to um you know he's going to call for a beheading that's why i was wondering if it's more of a that's why if it, right. it's more of a, a defensive tactic okay well you're not right with god if you leave well now you, you've left and now you're still friends with one of my members so now i got to go to them because mm -hmm. i don't know what you've just told them right yep so now it's a it's a and they start tactic. they start going through all of these these ridiculous loyalty pledges and <laughs> and all of this you know this this maniacal stuff where you know we need you to sign this document stating that you're loyal to us and I've seen that kind of stuff happen and, and uh, look you know to me that just cheapens the work of the Holy Spirit in a person's yes. heart and our loyalty you know, if is the not Spirit of God is your chaperone and you're leaving the church. You are going to leave right. You're not going to leave with a long tongue, uh, rumors being circulated and, and trying to cut and stab and slice people up on your way out. If you're going to leave, you're going to leave right if the Spirit of God is your chaperone. Wait, so the loyalty ceremony that we did with Edward before we started the podcast. <laughs> oh, my are we God. not supposed to talk about that? Or? Anybody else's podcast. Yeah, show, them, show them the brand on <laughs> yeah, your chest. I was chest. just about to say that. <laughs> no, but you know, oh the thing goodness. about the loyalty is our loyalty is not to man. Our loyalty is to Christ. And and right. um, that's, again, back to where we talked about you know replacing the headship. If I'm, if I'm putting so much faith into you... Um, or yeah. into and not into Christ, and that's where we become an issue again. Yeah, sounds right. like an abusive relationship. Yeah. It's like an insecure husband, and then yeah. they just beat their wife. They get upset. They get upset, and it's just these insecurities. Yep, oh, it's really oh, bad. Yeah. It's Before, spiritual abuse. Yeah, is really what it is. It's spiritual abuse. And if I'm a member, right, and I'm see this because I can sniff those insecurities out, right? Now I start seeing blood in the water, and I'm like, okay, it's public. They know they're bleeding. Other members can see the blood. And it's just gonna, it's just gonna get worse. Yeah. yeah. So, well, are we sheep or are we sharks? 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Well, well, well. Yeah. That was a good episode, guys. Um, definitely. I think we did a good job of you know, <laughs> keeping it where it's supposed to stay. So uh, yeah. thank you guys for tuning in. As a reminder, we have the book here, Toxic Traditions, uh, written by Dr. J. Brad Bailey. Uh, very good Dr. book. Dr. J, baby. I, I recommend it. Brad Honestly, I recommend it. I, I recommend all of his books. They're good reads. Um, probably I, this one is very interesting to read. It's very eye-opening. Another book, if you haven't read it, I think it's still his newest book that he's released is The Wrecking Ball of Doubt. Uh, that's also a really good book. Um, so I'd recommend that as well. Remember, you can uh, catch our podcast on YouTube, on Spotify now with a video. You can catch it on your other podcasting sites. I use iTunes typically. Uh, it's just easy for me. Apple Podcasts because I like to pay a lot for the same product. Right, Adam? Yeah. Right, Jeremy? Pretty much. Right, Edward? You're part of the ecosystem, man. So, right. there we go. <laughs> but, uh... Uh, as a reminder, you can also go on our website, www.brandonbaptistabernacle.com. You can find out, uh, find thousands of sermons there, and I'm not exaggerating when I say thousands. Um, we've had a really good summer with David, and it's actually starting to get cold outside, but we're still in the summer months <laughs> with David. With David. He went so, through like six chapters this morning. Yeah. Man. I, know. I was like, dang, is he going to finish it today? <laughs> so, uh, that's, that's the good thing, though. When you're all caught up, then you can kind of push the fast-forward button a little bit and get to the end of the story. So I can start making I Survived Summer with David stickers. You should. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's exactly what we need. So, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Cherishing Scripture Podcast, a podcast where we're changing society by cherishing Scripture.